You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are excited because we have a friend and uh, somebody that's been in the Charlotte community for a while, uh, Kim Breton from Media Company, or Kim Breton's Media Company. I should put all of that together. Now, if you've been here, you, you probably know the name. She was a news anchor for 18 years at WSOC, where she won multiple Emmy and Associate Press Awards. Since leaving the news in 2008, she's owned her own media company uh, where she has done everything from corporate videos to sports to live events to documentaries, uh, things that have appeared in film festivals from coast to coast. And we are so excited to have her here on the Brand Butters podcast, excuse me, to share how did she build it? How did she use her experience? What have the last 12 years been like, not only owning your own company, but coming from WSOC where you spent such a long time, you literally were in in our living rooms on on a daily basis and it was almost felt like we got to know you uh, and now you've done your own thing so welcome Kim to the brand butters podcast we are so excited to learn about your journey well it's so nice to be here what a warm welcome thank you I, I have to tell you a story when I was growing up my parents are from Stanley County and you know that's like Albemarle Oakboro you know real small towns and my last name is B-R-A-T-T-A-I-N. And I just figured that somebody in my past was illiterate. <laughs> Didn't know how to spell my, my name. And so, and then I found out later, it's uh, it's Irish. And that's why it looks so wonky. But it's pronounced Bratton. And if you knew me better, you would say, oh, yeah, hell yeah, she's a brat. <laughs> <laughs> Fits you perfect. That's right. Yeah, we screwed that up. Um, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for correcting Nobody gets it right. Nobody. <laughs> Unless you're Irish. <laughs> well, tell, tell us about yourself. So you, Stanley County, but, but I think you went to East Mech and then to Chapel Hill and then back to Charlotte again. Um, did you always want to be in the news? Like, tell us a little bit about your history and how you got here or to where you well, are today, essentially. I, I was going to, you know, when I was in high school, I, I wanted to go to law school and um, was that was kind of the plan. But I had this this uh, modeling and acting gig on the side and I was successful with it. Um, and so when I got into college and started taking my general courses, I thought, well, maybe I should um, look into something in television news. So I kind of got into it, to it backwards. But then I realized that I have a real passion for, um, for for journalism and for storytelling. And so that was the impetus behind, um, you know, going into uh, broadcast journalism at Chapel Hill. So, yeah. Awesome. So tell you spent 18 years in the news, um, which is phenomenal. Uh, and not only that, you stayed at the same news channel which doesn't happen ever it seems like they jump around what was it like tell us a little bit about your journey there and obviously i think you know by being in the news for that long um there a lot of things changed but now you've taken those skills that you've learned and you've now been able to to, to create your own business but what was it like to to work in the news to be a news anchor you were like a celebrity you know here in the charlotte area well so so the um i i got into news in 1979 so that's that belies my age unfortunately but um i at that time it was very difficult for a woman to be in news i mean we had newsmen 
and they sat around smoking cigarettes and, you know, wore suits all the time. And and it really and at that point, television news wasn't really that telegenic. They were just getting there, just beginning to realize that um, what you look like mattered and how you communicated mattered instead of just kind of that monotonous, you know, Charles uh, Corral or, you know, Walter Cronkite <laughs> kind of thing. So anyway, it was kind of tough at the beginning. Um, it was, there really was a glass ceiling and I, you know, had to work twice as hard to to make it. Um, but I, I worked, um, I worked when I was in college and then, and that's what I tell people when they, when they say they want to go into television news, get your foot in the door, um, you know, right away. And, um, uh, and then I worked, um, in Greenville, South Carolina. And, um, and then I worked for, um, the NBC O&O in Cleveland for a decade and then, and then came down to Charlotte. Um, pretty cool to, to uh, work at channel nine you know, it was a very, uh, strong station and uh had a very strong um you know ethic for journalism um so so i enjoyed that but um you know i think after a while i mean i think honestly it was more interesting when i was reporting because um you know i would i would just go out you know if there'd be a hurricane go get in it <laughs> a snowstorm, go get in it big fire go talk to them you know big crime i would investigate you know one of the one of my emmys was for investigating the cleveland police department kind of scary but really? um That's yeah um putting your neck out there it, i like it Wait, it so hold on. Before we jump into this, you, you talk about jumping into the news in the 70s. Are you Veronica Corningstone from Anchorman? Is this movie, <laughs> is that, was that movie about you? Is this where this is where this is going? And honestly, I did have an Anchorman that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the teleprompter. Oh, yeah. that's great. I'm sorry. I had to jump in there and say that. That was cracking me up. I had an Anchorman who said his name wrong. <laughs> That's epic. Um, all right, keep going. I'm sorry for interrupting you there. No, no, no. That was fun. So, so tell us, like, what was it like? You, you obviously have won some Emmys. You've done some amazing things. You've been in the news. Like, what is? Like, obviously, journalism has changed a lot. Now you oh, own a company that tells stories. But back in the day, like, we would get our news from the local news, right? Like that, you, you would turn it on and like, that was it. Like that was the only platform. There was no internet. There was no, there was nothing else. Like you were, you were the voice of our entire community. Uh, and now it's like, everybody's a journalist because they have a cell phone and they can put you something know, on Twitter. That is such an, an important thing. And I'm so glad you brought that up. It's, it's one of the things that I feel so strongly about. Um, you know, well, the reason you have journalists is the reason you have doctors because doctors have studied medicine. I mean, you know, when I was in journalism school, I even studied statistics so that I could read, you know, like a sheet and, and figure out if somebody was lying or not. You know, I, I learned how to investigate and I learned libel and slander and all of these things and how to tell a great story from beginning to middle to end. And then, you know, once you have all of this crap, a lot of it is crap. Um, and that's a nice word for it. On the internet, you know, boom, <laughs> yep. boom, 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 boom. Just, just bizarre stuff that people make up. And propaganda, too. I mean, I, I think it definitely threatens our democracy. It threatens us all if we don't have that filter of somebody who's educated and smart and and and, and, and pretty much dedicated to telling the truth. Um, so uh, thank you for that. I'm off my high horse now. <laughs> no, I'd like to hear that because it's so overwhelming from a consumer standpoint. Who do you believe? Yeah. Where do you go? Uh, you know this channel has one story this channel has one story and 
assumingly it's the same story but it's told differently and oh, with a different totally. spin and like it's so overwhelming it's to the point where it's like i i can't even watch yep. <laughs> you know even politics is turned into like you know a beauty contest somewhat you oh know? it's crazy if you're not cute you're not gonna get elected <laughs> that's <laughs> you right you know or at least you know whatever um that's i mean right. that was kind of an exaggeration but um you know i'm a journalist i'm allowed to exaggerate <laughs> um no, I, um, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, so how did you take your, your talents and lessons learned there to start your own company? Well, I, you know, I got, I got to the point where, you know, and, and at the end of my career, I was basically just anchoring the news all the time. So I, I wasn't going out as much and it just wasn't as, as, uh, inspiring every day. I mean, when you go out and you meet people and you tell their stories and stuff, it's, you get inspiration from that. So, um, I just, I just kind of felt like it was time to, to uh, cruise on, you know, and do something else. And at the time, um, I was friends with um, Vicki Michener, the real estate um, mm-hmm. agent and um, mogul, really, and um, Suzanne Stevens. And we put together a, um, a weekly newscast showing houses. Um, and that was really cool. It was called It's Perfect. Um, and it was in 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, yeah. So it, that then I had to completely restructure my business plan. But but tell you what, you go to journalism school, you have no idea how to run a business. You know, no, have no idea how to write a business plan. So all of that was new. Um, but but I, I left television news. One of the reasons is you, you just you didn't have any privacy. You know, I, I would go to the grocery store and people would stop to tell me stories or give me a story tip, and I and I would be like I'd have two screaming kids with me, and I, I would be exhausted and my feet hurt and hungry and blah blah blah. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you had to be nice. I'm not working now. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> so I got off the air, and I my company was Phase Two Productions. I didn't even use Kim Bratton at all in my in the name of my company. Dyed my hair dark. Just stayed out of the public eye for a while, and what? then I and then I had a business consultant. He said, "Well, Kim, do you want do you want to grow your business?" And I'm like, "Of course I do." He said, "Well, quit hiding." <laughs> so then yeah. it became Kim Bratton. You know, and that's an interesting thing. I think now with with journalists, uh, it's the same kind of thing. Like my dad always said, you want to be the richest person in the city that can get a a seat at the nicest restaurant and nobody recognizes you. It's like, that's the life, right? That's the life. But when you're when you're on the news, like you are, people are going to come up to you. They're going to have those conversations. But now let's talk about 2020. It's not about just like, oh, look, it's the person on the news. If they don't agree with the story that you said or the way that you said it and the way that they interpreted it, that, that could actually harm you. That could put you in, in some some different situations. So that's pretty fascinating from that end. Now, I want to jump into to your background, your company. You were a 2017, 2018 Charlotte Business Woman of the Year finalist. You you were 2018 Mecklenburg Times 50 most influential women or woman and you have it looks like an incredible team uh, behind you this isn't just a one a one person show you got an entire team behind you and you're working with some of the biggest brands not only in the Charlotte area but really around the country tell us how did you develop this amazing team uh, and what is it like to, to to work with all of them well you you know you, you start um one at a time and you just give great customer service you over deliver um the the um the nice thing about having a a background in television news is that we really we understand that um you know you can have a beautiful beautiful video and the pictures could be breathtaking but if you don't have the story behind it 
you don't you haven't marketed anything you haven't done you know you haven't done your job so we really understand that um you know there's so many elements that go into it yes you need great pictures but you also need um a, a, somebody who's really going to um, put people at ease when they're doing their interviews you know somebody who who knows how to ask the questions and how to be quiet just like you guys you know to let people answer nicely or whatever and um uh, and then and then you need people who are just extraordinary editors and realize that there is a marriage of audio spoken word and music and timing and pacing um i always just like to 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 leave people when they watch one of our films or our videos with a with a, a feeling you know whether it's a call to action or um you know what um if maybe they're inspired or um maybe they want to uh, you know go donate some money or buy buy something <laughs> what you, you've had a lot of documentaries that have been well received at film festivals uh from you know cape fear to la what um what's your i don't know what's your most favorite story that you've been able to tell or what's one of the stories that really touches you uh that your organization's been able to produce well two answers there the first one my first documentary was in the congo you know, and you can't even go there now um, because of war and Ebola. But um, it was uh, it was fascinating to see the beauty of that culture. I mean, you know, if you're a journalist, you're you're just curious, right? And um, we had a very small team. We worked with Myers Park Presbyterian Church, and um, they have a they have a ministry there and a, a hospital. And um, and just you know, we saw the women who were um, suffering from fistulas and the the starvation that in the uh, the clinic to help get protein into these children, um, it was just amazing. Um, they, they had a they had a program where women. It's a very patriarchal society, and um, you know if a if a you know guy sees somebody walking along, a woman walking along and wants to have his way with her, he does it, and there's really no penalty against the man, but the woman shunned. So. Um, they started um, this business for women who had, had, had been shunned by their tribe where they would teach them the sew. And at the end of it, I apologize. Um, um, the, um, at the end of it, oh my gosh, did I lose you guys? No, you're, we're here. We're good. We're um, all good. Yeah. It's the joys of Zoom <laughs> podcasting these days. Phone <laughs> rang. Um, so um, at the end of this program where they learned to sew, they got a sewing machine. And I'm like, oh, that's great. They have this independent life. They said, no, no, no. The best thing they could do is they, they go back to the village and find somebody to marry them. But, you know, wow. it's just a, a fascinating, fascinating. But the music, oh, my gosh, the music was wonderful. But the food, like every other food was natural, you know. But um, but they they would, like, put bread out to um, to rise on the, uh, on the uh, ledge. And it would have like flies baked in it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Protein, baby. Protein. You know what I mean? So I lost ten pounds shooting that. Want to lose weight? Go there. There, there you go. <laughs> but the but the 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 um our most recent um documentary was with a uh, Daddy Partners. So get it, Ahuja Daddy. <laughs> and that's hilarious. Um, so that was with and Jay Ahuja was the executive um, producer of that, but. Um, it was live from the Double Door Inn. Do you guys remember that at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I used to sneak in there with a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. It's sad. Or so that's 
Yeah, that went away a few years ago, right? It Double went away, board? I think, in 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so and sad. A lot of history there. Through. Big artists, big names came through there. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, the Avet Brothers produced a whole album there. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And they said Stevie, Stevie Ray Vaughan played there. And um, and he was so arrogant and the music was so loud that you couldn't really stand in the room with them. But but Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. cool. So, so your cool. your company does a lot of documentaries and I, me and my wife love documentaries. Like if I'm going into Netflix, it's like that's the first category I'm hitting. I just love it. I love real life stories and I love how they can be told. I mean, you look at, at ones that have come out just simple like Tiger King, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. Right. But like the way that they told the story, that could have been a terrible documentary. Right. Like that. Like that. They, they did an amazing job of keeping you just like on the edge of your seat being like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like making a murderer. Same kind of thing. Right. Like the whole country is infatuated with this story. That's not a new story. It's how that story was told. And so that's, that's the fascinating part with documentaries um, and why they win so many awards. I think why so many people are fascinated with them, but your company does a lot of documentaries when you can easily jump into shooting commercials or corporate training videos. Why is it so important to your team and to you individually to stay true to who you are and continue to produce these documentaries? Uh, we we do training films. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> You're like, hold on, no, no, we do it all. Don't don't put me in this corner. That's our bread and butter. Okay, we, there we, we go. We do training films. Yeah, um, for Continental Tire. Oh, nice. Um, we um, we produce the commercials for the um, Charlotte Housing Authority when they turn their name to In Libyan. We're producing commercials right now for WFAE. We you know we we love to do that. That's fun, that, and that's a that's a creative outlet too. Um, we we do we um, do a lot of work for UNC Charlotte um, and um, Partner Web University, and um, I mean, I mean a lot of a lot of different, and that and that's really what I do every day. We are going to um, we're going to film a um, a docu series, which we think well, we're aiming for Netflix for that. Um, in Louisiana in June, COVID nineteen willing. What's um, it about? It's a cool, cool group of people. Might not be able huh? to talk about it quite yet. Swamp but. people. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got, I, I'm all about some docu series. I'm telling you right now, what, like, fantastic. Let's. I got to hear. Like, do we have any insight into what this docu series is going to be, or is it? A secret? <laughs> can we can we get it launched right here on the Brand Butters podcast? <laughs> um, you know what? I will assure you um, uh, interviews with the with the host. They're coming in from Los Angeles. They're both comedians. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll hook you so, up. Baby. That would be awesome. Yeah. Tell us about you mentioned COVID, right? Like, tell us about how that's impacted your business, um, what you're seeing from that, your leadership through this time. How has it affected that? Um, and overall, how do you just tell us how you feel about it? right now well uh, yeah we were talking about it um i i feel a little crazy right now yeah. <laughs> it's you know if i stood up you'd see that i'm wearing exercise plant pants <laughs> if, if any pants at that's all that's awesome <laughs> yeah who needs pants it's COVID 19 you know what i mean it's just belly button up is the only thing that matters these days it's unreal right. um yeah so we my my team and i do a lot of zoom calls do you guys do we that? do yeah i oh, yeah. do and um uh well you know first all of our shoots were canceled 
um, but we do kind of have a little bit of a dispensation because we're media. I mean, I, I think if something really had to be shot, we could, we could probably shoot it. But, but we haven't. We're, we're social distancing. If we have to go out, we, we wear our masks and everything. But, sure. but the cool thing is we had so many things in the, in the, that we'd already shot that we've been just editing and clearing, the, you know, clearing out for when COVID does open. I mean, we do open again. I, what's your advice for companies, um, not only right now, but as we continue to, to to find out what the new norm is? I mean, I think the bottom line is is it's it's fear. You know, no one knows really what's going to happen. It's hard to really support your business or really create a plan without having the facts or have data behind that, those decisions. And I think that's a really dangerous thing for our country because there's a lot of people that are worried about that but you tell stories right like that's your job and there's going to be a lot of companies that are going to need to continue to tell their story or pivot and tell a different story how are we adapting um where does your company come into play and if we have business owners and leaders that are are listening to this that are saying hey you know maybe we were uh, uh, you know had live music maybe we were a restaurant what how are we going to tell our community that we want to keep you your family and and your entire team safe and this is what we're doing and how does media play that role yeah great question you know we are seeing a pivot for sure and um, people are, are um, really thinking about telling their story through social media. And the thing about, you know, the challenge there is to get a beginning, middle and end in 45 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever. So, um, you know, what we, what we end up doing is, um, well, for Discovery Place for about the last year or two, we've been, um, when they get a new exhibit in, we'll go in and we'll, um, you know, do like six 45 second bits on um you know, getting this con or uh, Antarctic dinosaurs or whatever, whatever they got out there. And then and then make it make it small, make it short, close caption it. Um, and I think that that's, you know, everybody's going to have to just be more creative um, about how to tell the story. I and, and I also think, you know, kind of in a way it's it's like pruning, though, because we're all, um, you know, thinking about things in a different way, mm-hmm. which is which is cool, too. Which will create opportunity, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that, you know, I have a two-year-old, and I say this all the time. People are probably so sick of me saying that I have a kid in my podcast, but it's the reality. And I have another one coming, and I, I tell my conversations with people are, are of hope, are of, you know, what will America look like in five to ten years. I'm a firm believer that this will make our entire country better, um, and, and that's something that we're all challenged with, and we're only going to be able to achieve that together. How do we tell the story of America? How do we get back to the roots of who we are? And that's an amazing community that supports each other, that 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 is ready for the challenge, and anything that hits us we're going to go right through it and i love that your company is going to be able to support those businesses and be able to tell those stories uh, and that's really really cool now you started your company um right in a recession same with scott uh, he started the dunstan group right in a recession as well so both of you guys just hey you know what this is a perfect time to start a business let's do this um now we're in kind of another one, a di- different situation, but we're in a different one. You know, what was it like to start your company there? And then, and then wh- where, where is your company going to go from now? Like what's, what's, uh, what can we see in five to 10 years? Well, I think, um, I, I think we'll continue to grow. And if you don't continue to grow, you go backwards. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, anytime I have a chance to talk with someone like you guys, um, you know, build the brand, um, you know, think outside the box. What can I do differently? And how can I, how can I improve on this? I mean, everything we do 
um, we have a team look at. How, what could we have done differently? And, you know, what was the weak part? Um, you know, was the planning adequate? Um, you know, do we need more video? Um, you know, and, and, you know, my team often wants to just shoot me. <laughs> You're push like, the envelope. Uh, push, nope. push, push. Nope. Yes. And nope. Yeah. That's interesting. What about, yeah, what about, um, okay, that, that brings up a good point. Everybody's jump. We talk about like journalists, like everybody can be a journalist now by just taking a picture and throwing it on Twitter and, and, and doing all those different things. So everybody's trying to create content. What are some of the mistakes that you see brands making, uh, whether it's COVID related or not, um, about, you know, trying to tell their story and what are some of your advice for brands on how to do that the proper way? Obviously reaching out to you to tell that story would be the number one answer. Um, but ideally a lot of us are doing it, you know, on our own and there might be a small business that doesn't have a budget, but they still need to be able to tell their story and, and really try to live out the dream that they're, that they're producing. Well, if you, if you really don't have a budget, I'd say sit down and write down the five W's, who, what, when, where, why, you know, that, that's your story, your basic story. And then you figure out um, when you present that information about your company or whatever, what, what's your call to action? What do you want to happen? Do you want them to buy from you or to get on your side? Or do you want them to be persuaded? And then, you know, write that out too. And if, if you can go on the air, like you guys, um, I would say, that's brilliant. It's a great idea. Um, the, you know, and the other thing, I mean, you can use Facebook, social media, Instagram, um, all of that stuff. And we're doing all that stuff. But the, but the biggest mistake I see companies doing is um, producing crap. You know, just mm-hmm. because nobody's going to watch it. It's you know, waste. I had a <laughs> client that said, um, you know, a, 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 it was a marketing company I was working with. And they had this client and they produced this you know, really got off of boring. I think it was a video and they had, uh, you know, promoted it on YouTube or something. And, um, and they were, they were showing me, you know, their paid promotion. Oh, look, you know, thousand, 2000, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but let's, let's just look at that YouTube. And we looked at it and nobody watched it. (laughs) Like, I think they might've promoted it, but it had like one or two seconds of effectiveness. So you wonder why a campaign doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, yeah, but my thing is, and I'm always telling this, it's not a trade secret or anything. You have to have a hook at the top. So, you know, if, if it's not a compelling picture or you haven't intrigued me intellectually, I'm not going to spend my time watching your ad. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about it is that advertising has gotten much more interesting. Sure has. You know, you're not, you, you're not forced to sit through 30 seconds. If you don't want to, you just click past it. And you'll miss the content afterwards, but you know who, who cares? There's a lot of other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. It's the same thought process we have, like with T-shirts. We we're in the branded merchandise business, and we always say you can invest another dollar or two in a T-shirt that people actually want to wear. And if this is an advertising platform for you, don't you want people to wear it? <laughs> we we all have those T-shirts that go in the bottom of the drawer. And never get worn and end up as a dish rag or a car or washing tool or whatever. And and you've wasted your money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to make the investment for for the good quality content. Yes. Will you you help me find a T-shirt that my employees won't mind wearing? Oh, we've got you covered there, Kim. Hands down. (laughs) I got you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hey, tell me about, I'm, I'm starting to see... 
uh, news articles and things about, you know, California's reluctancy to reopen and the impact that that's going to have on business there and the leaders of those companies starting to look into other regions to do business, i.e. Elon Musk and different things like that. But also, in particular, the media. Um, It looks like L.A. and Hollywood and all of that, with their reluctance to do it, do you think you'll see an influx back here in the Carolinas and Charlotte and some of these other states that are starting to reopen and, and recruit business, essentially. Oh, it'd be so wonderful. You know, I, we were, we were, we did have some, some good production down in Wilmington, the Cape Fear area, um, but they got so upset with us for HB2 that they, um, you know, made a political statement and left. Georgia has better tax incentives mm-hmm. right now. Um, I mean, if, if our legislator would get, legislature would get on the ball, that might be, I think that's a great idea. Sure. Um, I would love it. I, you know, it, it, when something comes in like that, all the boats rise, right? Sure. Yeah, that's high. 100%. So, yeah, yeah. And Charlotte's been so small business and business starter friendly. We've, I think we've done a great job of recruiting uh, entrepreneurship okay. and tech and diversifying from just banks. Such a beautiful place to live. We're very lucky to be here. Absolutely. It amazes me uh, um, how Charlotte has grown, you know, being a native. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different landscape now, right? Yeah. So, so are you a native? I've been here 20 years. Uh, wow. Originally from the Outer Banks area, Elizabeth City, small town, northeast North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Went to school and moved here. Never left and uh, very blessed in that regard. It's been good to us, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Charlotte Charlotte has a lot on the ball. Um, yes. And, and uh, I... Um, I'm a member of the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance. Are you guys part Thank of that? You. We are. They're doing they're doing great stuff, and I, um, you know, jump on every every kind of thought thought leadership thing I can get on with that because they're just it's just fascinating. Love it. Thank you. I, I want to uh, before we kind of wrap this up. I, I you know we have a lot of uh, business leaders that listen to this. We work with brands from from small to big, um, all over the place. What is the ideal client for your organization and if someone's listening to this that is interested in learning more um what is the best way to get in contact with you well we we work with uh business people and um corporations and nonprofits. um trying to grow the business now i think for us the the market is more with the the continental tires the international corporations and the national corporations the larger larger companies um we are. We also um, discount for nonprofits, so that's our give back. Um, we've worked probably with fifty nonprofits in the Charlotte area. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and um, but but we also help small businesses too, and a lot of a lot of colleges and universities. Um, the you know what? There's a there's a contact us um, on the website kimbratton.com. Um, somebody can call you and say, how do I get in touch with that Irish lady? <laughs> hey, you know what? If people reach out to us, we'll absolutely get them in contact with you. Uh, and just going on, I mean, you've worked with, like you, you mentioned, really you know, large companies, Continental Tire, Atrium. Uh, I love that you've given uh, back to nonprofits. I always tell Scott, we have the ability to work with nonprofits and, and not only support them, but help educate them on ways to provide incentives. What can we use from our medium to not only support your nonprofit, but how can we even bring more awareness to that? And that's a passion that I have that I actually, I feel like like I got that purpose in 
life just by coming to the Dunstan Group uh, and being able to be so intertwined with the community and working with all these different nonprofits. We've probably had 35 nonprofits on our podcast, and it's really cool to see that as well. One of them being Share Charlotte, which is all about sharing all of the amazing nonprofits in the city. And if you are listening and want to get involved with with nonprofits, go to ShareCharlotte.com. You literally can find anything and everything uh, on that, and and, and it'll be an awesome way to help. So, um, but before we do wrap this up, if you are liking, or if you're, excuse me, if you are listening, please like, share, comment, follow Kim, uh, connect with her. It's amazing to have somebody that was born and bred here, somebody that's been through the news, a local celebrity, as I could say, and now have taken all of that knowledge and turned it into uh, an organization that can tell the stories of not only this community, but the amazing brands that, that make this, this community great. And, and, um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, it has been so much fun. I'll come back anytime. Thank you, Kim. You rock. Now, I want to know, is this your studio behind you? That's or right. You? No, this is, well, this is my home office. I got you. Yeah. Well, it yeah. looks amazing. It does. Very creative. I think I cool. see an Emmy right there. Yeah. Is that a, is that, a, that is an Emmy. Woo. Not a bad thing to have on the not, shelf. Not, I got to say. Not many people <laughs> have that. Say. Congratulations. Yeah. That speaks volumes of your work and Thank who you, you are. Yeah. It's actually right next to the gumball machine. So that was actually, we, we have a gumball. We have a gumball, not a machine though. We just have a little bucket. <laughs> um, but no, Kim, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, it's amazing to hear the story. Keep up the great work. I love the, all the, the nonprofit work that you do. I know all the other co- uh, corporations that you work with. It's amazing to be able to tell those stories. Good luck with your docuseries. Can't wait to um, to hear all about it. And uh, until next time, you are listening to the Brand Butters Podcast. Thank you, Kim. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.